Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Now, as you know, on our show, we have been talking a lot lately about coronavirus, about social distancing, quarantine, all of that good stuff that's taken over most of our worlds, probably all of our worlds lately. And so today I'm going to do something a little bit different and take a step back from that and talk about something that I really love that has nothing to do with what's going on in the world right now. But I thought I'd let you in like I did on Bittersweet Moment number 34, Opera, let you in on something that I really love, and that is memorizing poetry. You might have some extra time on your hand. A lot of people do right now. If you're looking for something new to do, something novel that might challenge you but also be really fun, memorizing poetry might be something to think about. First of all, there is something, I believe, very calming about it. When you memorize a poem, you you really can't think about anything else. If you find yourself anxious in this time, that might be a nice way to put your mind on something else. It's really hard for your mind to wander when you're trying to memorize a poem. But also, I think it's a really great exercise for the brain. That's one of the reasons that I do it. I like to memorize in general, but I believe that memorization, uh, and this probably isn't a proven medical fact, but a lot of people claim that memorization is really good for the brain and keeps the brain nice and young and elastic. And since I have Alzheimer's in my family, I choose to do this as a preventative measure. But it's also, as I said, something that I really enjoy. I also want to put out there that I have no background in poetry. I don't write poetry myself. I never studied poetry beyond the basic classes that we all took in school. You really don't need any background in poetry. You don't need to understand poetry to be able to get something out of memorizing a poem. And I'm going to lay out some tips on how best to memorize a poem in a minute, but I just want to give a few more reasons why you might want to if I haven't convinced you already. For the guys out there, I believe that memorizing and reciting a poem off the top of your head to a girl that you're interested in, or your wife, I think that that's going to make a really good impression. There are probably some people out there who hate those romantic gestures and you can not do it if if your partner doesn't like that kind of stuff. But most of us, I got to say, we appreciate the gesture. I don't know if it goes the other way, though. (laughs) The longest poem that I ever memorized is The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, which is 143 lines. And I made my husband listen to me (laughs) uh, recite it. And he was very supportive. This is years ago, by the way. But I feel like he was like, okay, that's it. I listened to you recite. It takes 20 minutes to recite. Now he won't listen to me recite a single thing. (laughs) So I don't know if the men out there are as enamored of hearing poetry recited to them as the ladies are. So if you're a woman, you might be doing this for yourself. I recently memorized an ode to a nightingale by John Keats. He refuses to listen to it. So there you go. And it's way shorter. But it is generally something I feel like it's nice to be able to pull out an amazing piece of poetry, even if it's not the whole poem. Sometimes, you know, like the poem If by Rudyard Kipling. That's such a great one to just pull out in, in a situation, in a trying moment. If you can keep your head when all men doubt you, it's powerful. And Shakespeare has a way of being powerful like that. You can 
Um, the sonnets, I'm not a huge fan of Shakespearean sonnets, I have to be honest. I know very few of them. But if you can pull out like a Shakespearean monologue or a soliloquy, that is going to earn you some some major points. But beyond that, it's just, I really re- memorize poems for myself. I love the feeling that it gives me. First of all, the feeling of accomplishment when I complete the memorization of a poem, but also just knowing that I have this cachet of poems in my mind, even just to recite when I'm taking a walk or when I'm running. Um, it's a great thing to have at your disposal. We all find ourselves sometimes in a really boring, tedious place or situation where our phone battery is dead or we left it at home, we don't have a book, we don't have anyone to talk to, and it's great to have a poem in your mind to be able to recite to yourself, even completely silently. Personally, this might be too much information, but whenever I'm getting a wax, it's painful, you know, and I recite poetry to myself silently while I'm doing that because it makes the time pass more quickly. So you just knew something about me you didn't want to know. All right, so now that I've convinced you that you want to memorize some poems, I'm going to give you some tips, personal tips, on how to do it. I'd like to say start with a poem that has an easy and predictable meter and rhyme. You'll really feel it when you hear or read a poem that has this. I'm sure there's a more technical way to describe this, but that's just how it feels to me. A predictable meter meter is something that you just, it has the cadence that you can just you can just feel it in your body almost. A great poet for this is Longfellow. Another one is Edgar Allan Poe. The Raven. It's kind of a long poem. It's 110 lines, but it is easy to memorize because the rhythm is so predictable. The meter is so predictable. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, merely this and nothing more. That's just the first stanza, but it gives you an idea of how easy that rhythm is, whereas You get into the more modern poetry, and I personally have not memorized a lot of modern poetry, maybe for this very reason, but it gets a little bit more unpredictable. Sometimes there isn't any real meter at all that you can recognize. I don't even go there. But someone like John Keats, one of my most recent poems that I memorized, as I mentioned, was uh, An Ode to a Nightingale. It's much more difficult. It's a lot shorter than The Raven, but it's much more difficult to memorize because you can't really, it takes a long time to get the feel of the meter. It's not as intuitive of you as you might expect, and the rhyme as well. You won't even notice the rhyme until you've said it several times, and then you'll be like, oh, there, yeah, that's the rhyme. It pops up in sort of places that you wouldn't expect it. And instead of reciting that poem for you, I'm going to leave that to someone who has a incredibly beautiful speaking voice who we all know and love. I'm actually not going to say who it is. I'm going to let it be a surprise at the very end of this episode. We will have that for you as a special treat. So that's one thing I would say. So go for your Edgar Allan Poe, your Longfellow, your Tennyson. They're going to have very, very easy meters to be able to remember. I would also say narrative poems are a great place to start. The Raven is a narrative poem. One of my favorites is The Children's Hour by Longfellow. These are poems that tell stories also. uh, The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is narrative, but it's incredibly long. So I wouldn't start with that one. Um, But when it comes down to actually doing the memorizing, 
do just a few lines a day. Don't like sit down with a poem that's, you know, 20 or 30 lines long and try to memorize it in one sitting because you probably won't retain it unless you have some kind of uh, photographic memory. Right now, I'm currently memorizing the first canto of Dante's Inferno in Italian. Um, I don't usually memorize in anything but English, but this is sort of a challenge that I, I sort of set myself. Here I am in lockdown, I have some time, so I'm doing it. And this poem is sort of, it, it kind of goes in very short three-line stanzas. And so I'm memorizing three short lines a day. And that pretty much works. And how I do it is every morning while I'm getting ready, I get my book out and obviously, but you could just have it on your phone or on a piece of paper. I happen to have a book copy of, of that poem. This is very long. And I just read it while I'm brushing my teeth or putting on my face cream. It's kind of the perfect activity to do while you're memorizing because you can't look at the book the whole time because you're, you know, you're washing your face or whatever. So I'll look at it and then I'll put it down and I'll try to remember those few lines and then I'll pick it up again. And I'll just try to get, you know, two or three lines is really the perfect amount to memorize at a time. And then what you want to do is obviously every day you want to start at the beginning and go through. So ideally you start, let's say you know 15 lines of the poem. Every morning, start at the beginning, go through what you know so far, and then learn your new three lines and then repeat it again with your new three lines on the end. And if you can do that two or three times, because repetition is the huge, huge, huge way. I mean, you can't understate repetition is everything in poem memorization, but do it in small chunks. And it's crazy how, you know, a lot of people, and even myself, like when I first started memorizing Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, I thought I'll never be able to memorize this because it's just too long. It's like an entire little booklet. But it's amazing how you can always memorize one more line. It's like when you're eating an amazing dessert, you always have room for one more bite. You can always manage to memorize one more line. So if you can always memorize one more line, you re there's really no limit. And that's the exciting thing about memorizing anything, really, is that there's no limit, I believe, on how much you can memor memorize. We don't have a capacity for memorization. It's a muscle. So just don't try to memorize the entire poem in one go, unless it's like a really nice and short, sweet poem like this one by Dorothy Parker. All of the poems that I'm, that I'm reciting during this mini episode, by the way, are memorized. I'm not looking at anything. Oh, life is a glorious cycle of song, a medley of extemporanea, and love is a thing that can never go wrong, and I am Marie of Romania. One of my all-time favorites. I love Dorothy Parker. If you want to memorize a poem that's very light and funny, Dorothy Parker, you can't get any better than that. Another thing, don't worry too much about the meaning of the poem while you're memorizing it. You can't really focus on so many things at once. So just focus on the words and, of course, the, the meter and the, uh, the rhyming uh, aspect of it while you are just learning it. And the meaning of it will come. And that's actually one of the other great bonuses of memorizing a poem is that the longer you know it and the more you recite it, you're going to go deeper and deeper into that poem and you're going to learn things about it that you would never have gotten just by reading it one time. You'll come to, to gain so much insight from it just by the repetition of it. And another thing is don't feel bad if you are tripping over the words when you're first learning a line. This is happening to me a lot right now in memorizing the Canto Uno because, first of all, it's not my language. Secondly, even though I speak Italian, it's written in a very old Italian. So sometimes I'm reading it and I'm like, I know that I'm not saying this in a way that makes any kind of lyrical sense. And I'm probably not getting the punctuation right, the pauses, 
don't worry about that again at the beginning. When you're first learning it, just try to get those words out. Even if they come out uh, stilted, just get them out. And the more you do it, the more you do it, the more the rhythm will just naturally come to you. And you can focus on the punctuation after. Obviously, a great tip for learning poetry is start doing it young. Um, But if you're not young anymore, then this tip is not helpful to you. But if you have kids, start memorizing poems with your kids. I uh, was a great fan of Shel Silverstein when I was a kid. I think I had several of his poems memorized. And I'm just starting to memorize a poem with a really, I mean, it's a poem that I know already. It's one of my favorites. Of course, I say that about everyone. Uh, It's a modern poem by a living artist named Billy Collins, and it's called Litany, uh, if you want to look up the entire poem. But um, here's a little clip uh, I taped earlier of Aurelio reciting the first, just the first six lines. And he needs a little bit of coaxing from me because I'll be honest, he did not want want me to tape him doing this. So he was uh, playing with Legos at the same time. Here's Aurelio reciting the very beginning of it. And the very first line he says, You can barely understand it. So the first line, I'll just tell you, it is, you are the bread and the knife. Get the bread and the knife that goes to the goblet and the wine. You are the dew? Dew on the morning grass. And the? Burning wheel of the sun. That's right. That's good. What comes after that? Do you remember? Apron of the baker. And the marsh? Marshmallow birds suddenly My last tip for memorizing poetry, this is a trick for memorizing anything. Particularly this works for memorizing lists and facts. And I use this when I memorized the periodic table of elements last year. I did not complete that, by the way, but I got about three quarters of the way through, so I was pretty proud of that. And it's basically you make a mental image and you link it to another mental image. So let's say you're reciting a poem about a bird, and in one line it says something about a bird, and then the next line it says something about a tree. You visualize a bird on a tree branch, and that's how you make that connection. It's actually pretty easy in poetry because there's so much imagery naturally in poetry, but it really does work. You probably won't need to do this eventually because you'll just get it in your mouth and in your, in sort of your muscle memory and in your, in your mind, and you won't need to create that link anymore. But it's a good trick to use when you're starting out. So there you have it. I hope that you found it helpful, and I hope that you were able to use it to memorize some poems of your own. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again. My heart Aches and drowsy numbness pains my sense as though of hemlock I had drunk, or emptied some dull opiate to the drains one minute past and leafwoods had sunk. Tis not through envy of thy happy lot, but being too happy in thine happiness, that thou light-winged dryad of the trees in some melodious plot of beech and green and shadows numberless, singest of summer in full-throated ease. Oh, for a draught of vintage that hath been cooled a long age in the deep-delved earth, tasting of flora and the country green, dance and provincial song and sunburnt mirth. Oh, for a beaker of the warm south 
full of the true, the blushful hippocrene, with beaded bubbles winking at the brim and purple-stained mouth, that I might drink and leave the world unseen, and with thee fade away into the forest dim, fade far away, dissolve and quite forget what thou amongst the leaves hast never known, the weariness, the fever and the fret here where men sit and hear each other groan, where palsy shakes a few sad last grey hairs, where youth grows pale and spectre thin and dies where but to think is to be full of sorrow and leaden-eyed despairs, where beauty cannot keep her lustrous eyes, or new love pine at them beyond tomorrow. Away, away, for I will fly to thee, not charioted by Bacchus and his pards, but on the viewless wings of poesy, though the dull brain perplexes and retards. Already with thee, tender is the night, and happily the queen moon is on her throne, clustered round by all her starry fays. But here there is no light, save what from heaven is with the breezes blown through verdurous glooms and winding mossy ways. I cannot see what flowers are at my feet, nor what soft incense hangs upon the boughs, but in embalmed darkness guess each sweet wherewith the seasonable month endows the grass, the thicket, and the fruit tree wild, white hawthorn and the pastoral eglantine, fast fading violets covered up in leaves, and mid-May's eldest child the coming musk rose full of dewy wine, the murmurous haunt of flies on summer eves. Darkling I listen, and for many a time I have been half in love with easeful death, called him soft names in many a mused rhyme, to take into the air my quiet breath, now more than ever seems it rich to die to cease upon the midnight with no pain, while thou art pouring forth thy soul abroad in such an ecstasy. Still wouldst thou sing, and I have ears in vain, to thy high requiem become a sod. Thou wast not born for death in mortal bird, no hungry generations tread thee down. The voice I hear this passing night was heard in ancient days by emperor and clown, perhaps the selfsame song that found a path through the sad heart of Ruth when sick for home she stood in tears amid the alien corn, the same that oft times hath charmed magic casements opening on the foam of perilous seas in fairy lands forlorn. very word is like a bell to toll me back from thee to my soul self. Adieu, the fancy cannot cheat so well as she is fain to do deceiving elf. Adieu, adieu, 
thy plaintive anthem fades past the near meadows over the still stream up the hillside and now tis buried deep in the next valley glades was it a vision or a waking dream fled is that music do i wake or sleep <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. <laughs>